Welcome to Famous with Kate and Liz. Nerds have returned, Liz. The nerds have returned. <laughs> the revenge of the nerds. Revenge of the nerds. They're back to learn more. They literally couldn't get enough of our education. Nerd <laughs> alert. Nerd alert. If anything, you guys will learn something. You know, I think we've de- dived deep enough, like where you actually, mm-hmm. you're going to learn something. I mean, I'm learning stuff, so I'm hoping I'm not the only one listening and who's learning stuff. You're just so dumb that, like, everything you learn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, we're, um, I think we're, we're hipping with it, right? <laughs> we know what's going sure. on. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so we're um, your episode this week yeah well last week we did Einstein Albert Einstein like we were saying one of the most iconic famous nerds of all time yes most well-known yeah so I wanted to go a little well I wasn't intentionally trying to go in a different direction but I was looking up um just like I wanted to do a female nerd female genius and um Hedy Lamarr came up which I can like kind of recognize that name you know like oh golden age of Hollywood but didn't really know anything about her and it turns out she is kind of like the definition of beauty and brains and um poster child for that but like her brains got kind of overshadowed by her beautiful glamorous Hollywood life um so yeah so I'm gonna talk about her today um in a little different type of genius. Wow, I love that. You know I love thinking outside the box here. Um, yes, I don't know too many details um, about her, so I'm excited for this. I haven't looked at any notes or anything specifically just so I can learn a thing or two. Um, yes, and please feel free to comment. Um, and mm-hmm. you guys, we want comments from you all too. So, you know, follow us on Instagram. Um, Famous Kate and Liz at Instagram, right? No, at Famous Kate and Liz. <laughs> and then Famous Kate and Liz at Gmail. Um, you can correspond with us there. And um, it's Kate with a C. I feel like I really messed that up. <laughs> I'm telling you, if it's not written in the notes, I'm like, what is the email address? Who am I? What's happening? I'm yeah. you, I can't go to the grocery store without... A list. Like, if I am not actively looking at the list on my phone, I don't know what I'm in there for. It's like, oh, I'm yeah, in, I'll just wander. I, just, yeah, <laughs> I will be in there for three hours going, all right, yes. what, did I, what did I need? What did I need? What did I need? I get the Absolutely. same like, grocery store every time. I couldn't tell you what they are. I have to make a list on my phone at all times. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. I- it's hard. Words are hard. I'm losing my mind, obviously. Um, something that Hedy Lamar never had to deal with because she was a freaking genius. So <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get into it. Um, so Hedy Lamar was an Austrian American actress during MGM's golden age of film. Um, but she also left her mark on technology, which is what we're gonna talk about. Um and and she helped um, develop an early technique for spread spectrum communications during uh, World War II to help with the war efforts. So she kind of used her brains just like Einstein did during a really critical time in history. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of when the geniuses are born, I would argue. Yeah. What's that saying? Like necessity is the mother of invention. You know, like, I feel like when you kind of like are stuck in like life and death circumstances, you got to figure out a way to end that. (laughs) Which then like ends up, uh, you like invent something that you know everybody needs and it's like crazy right right yeah exactly yeah so well, that's definitely the case with her invention so um okay so Hedy Lamar was born Hedwig Hedwig Eva Maria Kessler in um in Vienna Austria on November 9th 1914 oh and I should okay. just say I got all of my um research right. and notes from biography.com and Smithsonian magazine online. Good ones. Good ones. Um, I was just going to say that Hedwig is the name of Harry Potter's owl. Oh, I would not know that. Cause I have never ever seen any Harry Potter movie or read any Harry Potter book. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done with you. I know. That's it's like crazy. my never have I ever when I play that game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That is your thing. I don't know if I have a thing. I feel like I need to have a thing. Like you have to have a response for like yeah. one of those things. Yeah, like, that, you know, I, I, I feel like the time has passed. The boat has passed. It's nothing against them. You know, it's just I, I didn't catch on when it was popular. And now mm-hmm. that ship has sailed. Right. It's like I've never watched Twilight, but I think a lot of people. Yeah. Same. Watch that, but I mean, people were obsessed, and I was just like, I literally don't even care to like yeah. even try. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. But so just a little. The owl. Got it. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um. She named the owl after. Woman. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, there's a little fun fact for you, Potterheads listening. Okay. <laughs> let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so she was born in Vienna, Austria, and she was discovered by an Austrian film director as a teenager, um, and she gained international notice in 1933 with her role in the sexually charged Czech film called Ecstasy, um, and this is really interesting, so the film was controversial at its time because it was so, like, like I said, hot and steamy, and Hetty is actually credited with um, being the first female actress to portray an orgasm on screen on like non-pornographic film in like oh. the history of movies. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I love that for her. So obviously blowing people's minds, like, you know, um, the film was banned in many places, including parts of the US because yeah. like, oh my God, a woman having an orgasm at that time, it was like, Send her to the doctor. I don't know. Lock her up. <laughs> She's suffering from a major case of hysteria. Yes, hysteria. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, great. It. Give her a lobotomy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, good times. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, she was married, but unhappily, to a man named Fritz um, Mandel. He was a we- wealthy Austrian munitions manufacturer who... Uh, uh, sold arms to the Nazis. So not a good guy. Um, yeah. yeah. So she ended that marriage and fled to the United States. And once she got to the U S cause she was already like a kind of like an up and coming actress in Europe. When she got to the U S she signed a contract with MGM studios in Hollywood under her new name, Hedy Lamar. 
Um, and upon the release of her first American film, Algiers, co-starring Charles Boyer, um, Hedy Lamarr became an in, like immediate box office sensation. Wow, she was pretty brave then to just come to America. And think- yeah, and be married, and it was like in the 30s, and she was just like, okay, bye, like I'm coming to the U.S., and I'm getting out of this. Um, she was Jewish also, which we'll get into a little bit later. That's like why Einstein left too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they, so she didn't like the fact that her husband was helping the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for her. She's, she's brave. Love her. For sure. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like she had like a lot of help. I'm sure she, you know, had kind of maybe some money from her acting career, but, yeah. but, but she was still up and coming. Yeah. Right. Right. So she was referred to as one of the most gorgeous and exotic of Hollywood's leading ladies. Um, And she made a number of well-received films in the 30s and 40s. Um, Some of the more notable ones were Lady of the Tropics in 1939, co-starring Robert Taylor, Boomtown in 1940 with Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy, and Tortilla Flat um, in 1942, co-starring Spencer Tracy again. and Samson Delilah in 1949, um, who she starred in opposite Victor Mature. And uh, she reportedly produced Hal Willis's fir- uh, first, sorry, she was reportedly the producer Hal Willis's first choice for the, the heroine in Casablanca. Um, but that part eventually oh. went to Ingrid Bergham. So I'm not sure why. Bergman? Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm just yeah. Googling her now, and she is absolutely gorgeous. She's freaking beautiful. There's a picture I, like, want you to use on the Instagram of, like, these, like, this, like, star headdress or something behind her, and she just looks so freaking beautiful. I got to find it. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, it's just breathtaking. So, oh. speaking of her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. I'm going to screenshot it right now. <laughs> Yay. So, yeah, speaking of her beauty, she um, was the inspiration for two super famous cartoon characters, um, Snow White, which you can definitely see from her dark hair and pale skin, um, and also Catwoman. So, two pretty iconic um, cartoons. Um, And then in the 1940s, Plastic surgery patients um, requested her profile more than any other person's profile. So she is the original Kim Kardashian. <laughs> she is. And I was like, wow, they were doing plastic surgery in the 1940s. Yeah. That must have fucking hurt. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that would not be a good time for um, that to be happening. <laughs> why it ever turned out the way people wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> but you they know. all wanted to look like her. Wow. I mean, she is stunning. Yeah, that picture is awesome. Totally. So she would always claim that outward appearances weren't really important to her, but then later in life, she actually became a repeat plastic surgery patient herself because she couldn't stand to see her beauty fade as she got older. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, despite her... um acting career and her beautiful face and all of that um she was just always like an inquisitive curious mind um so she just always had this interest for invention 
um, which that kind of interest began at the age of five when she first dismantled a music box and reassembled it um, and just kind of stayed with her her whole life. She had this curious nature. Wow. And that is such a thing, like having kids. Like you definitely see how like two kids raised by even the same parents like can be so different. And it's like one kid is like all about taking things apart, putting it together. Mm-hmm. It just comes naturally. It's like you have your own little things. And that's definitely, definitely something, a, a trait that a lot of geniuses I think have too. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So she, she did work as an inventor and she worked with a partner, um, an eccentric composer named George Anthill. Um, and they worked mostly behind like closed doors metaphorically. Um, like, so no, there's not a lot known about their approach to like inventing and, um, Hetty wrote an autobiography, but she didn't include anything about her inventions in there. So that's one of the reasons we don't know really kind of like their process and their approach. Um, but one inventor named Carmelo Nino, um, Amarina, (laughs) I think, uh, said that he spoke with Lamar in 1997 and he said of their conversation, we talked like two engineers on a hot project. I never felt like I was talking to a movie star, but a fellow inventor. So like she could keep up, you know, with these engineers and famous minds. Wow. Yeah. So she really, so her beauty really kind of fucked her over that's crazy yeah and so yeah we'll get into that right now so she is like she and George and Phil are responsible for the secret communication system so in 1942 the heyday of her career like in Hollywood um she earned recognition um in this field of technology because she and George um received a patent for an idea uh they had of a radio signaling device Um, which was a means of changing radio frequencies to keep enemies from decoding messages. So like before the Nazis could decode something, the message would would jump to another radio frequency. Um, That's like advanced for that time. Right. And so no one knows what prompted the idea because like there just isn't the documentation. But George confirmed that it was Hedy Lamar's design, which he then created the practical model for. Um, And they found a way for the radio guidance transmitter and a torpedoes receiver to jump simultaneously from frequency to frequency. Like I said, making it. What are you even saying? (laughs) Yeah. Making it impossible for the enemy to locate and block a message before it had moved on. So if this is called frequency hopping, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. (laughs) Into a laboratory people no let's yeah, like they just thought of this that and is, we're like this is something that we need to defeat the nazis you know yeah damn yeah so they were just like sitting around i don't know thinking about this um she uh, um she and george offered their creation to the u.s navy um but their engineers rejected it saying that it was too cumbersome to like take on <laughs> wow um, like, yeah okay <laughs> this is too advanced yeah it, it was yeah pretty much like they didn't feel like it was worth the you know effort because it was so advanced um but during the 19 the mid 1950s um there was now an availability of these light um lightweight transistor radios and so the navy shared 
um, Hetty's concept with a contractor assigned to create something called sono buoy, which like could be dropped into water from an airplane to detect submarines. Um, oh. So that contractor and others over the years have use Lamar's design to springboard onto bigger ideas basically wow. sort of like this foundation wow that's amazing yeah so like although the patent belonged to Hetty and George um it didn't expire until 1959 they never received compensation for their concept ever and in 1962's Cuban Missile Crisis um, all U.S. ships on a blockade line around Cuba were armed with tornadoes guided by a frequency hopping system. <laughs> Damn. Wow. I'm like yeah. blown. Away. You're like blowing my mind right now. And they never got paid for it. And they just offered it up because they knew it was like the right thing to do. Um, and yeah. yeah, she really didn't get a lot of credit for the idea at the time at all. Um, yeah, I mean, and no one knows what oh, prompted I it. Oh, right, I exactly. No one knows what prompted it, but she, so let's get a little into her background. She was born in, into an assimilated Jewish family in Vienna, um, but she would deny her ancestry even to her own children. Um, which a lot of people did, you know, in that day when they were escaping the Nazis, because you were just told to, even when you came to the U.S., like, not to mention that you were Jewish, you know, like, you just, it was like a safety concern thing. So I don't know if that's why, but, um, but she always denied her Jewish heritage. Um, but George had a memoir called Bad Boy of Music, and um, in that, he reported that their effort to invent weapons for the Allies um, came about because she, Hetty didn't feel comfortable sitting there in Hollywood and making lots of money when things were in such a state. Wow. I love um, this book. Yeah, right, right. So I think, you know, despite denying her heritage, she just was just like, this is awful. Um, she expressed um, contempt for the Nazis but also acknowledged that some of them had dined at her table when she was married to the Austrian guy, Fritz Mandel, um, because he was the one that was like making munitions for the Germans. Um, so she says she like remembers the Germans and other potential buyers coming to their home and discussing secret weapons. Um, you know, it's not really clear if she was privy to those conversations, but among the people who she said came to her home, was Italian fascist leader Benito Mussolini. Um, and she also claimed that Hitler dined in her house um, in Austria. But that's not really believed by a lot of her biographers and historians because she and her husband were both Jewish. Um, and so they, I guess at the time in the Third Reich, you know, a lower ranking Nazi would have been sent to a Jew's home even if they were working together. Um, like Hitler would have just never set foot in a Jew's home, basically, yeah. is what they're saying. But even before his, like, you know, when he yeah. was, like, coming up, though, maybe, maybe he would have. No. Yeah. And, like, and why would, I don't know, why would she lie about that? I don't, you know, just. Yeah, right. It's she weird. obviously uh-huh. doesn't like the Nazis, so. Yeah, um, yeah bragging about it. <laughs> Yeah. So she contended that her husband often consulted um, 
her about new weapons and that it is possible that these conversations sparked her interest in creating weaponry and like the technology to help um, during the wartime. Um, and some people actually think that she stole the idea of frequency hopping from Fritz, her first husband, or one of his guests um, that would come to their home, but she's always denied it, and no German weapons ever used that type of design. Yeah, and even if she did hear someone talking about it, like, if she wasn't already a genius, she wouldn't even fucking know what he's talking about. Like, Right, yeah, she's the one who figured out how to make it happen. Even if they had, like, the idea, she put it into practicality and use. Yeah, and I think if she was smart enough, she was if she wasn't at the table eating with them, she was close by listening in. Um, you know, especially if it was like Hitler in his beginning days, like when, oh, I feel like uh mm-hmm. about the Jews is about to happen. Like <laughs> Right, yeah. I might need to flee to the US. Let me like pay attention. Yeah. Um, her ears were perking up at these conversations so absolutely so yeah and like i said no german design ever used it so if it was someone there one of the nazis or other allies in the nazi side then they probably would have already used it yeah um yeah so even though it was years she was years away from getting her u.s citizenship um in 1953, which is when she became a citizen, she um, played a public role in bolstering the war effort by traveling to 16 cities in 10 days to sell $25 million in war bonds. Um, wow. She also started an MGM letter writing campaign that generated 2,144 letters to servicemen. Um, and she appeared at the Hollywood Canteen where she signed autographs for off duty GI Joes. Okay, what didn't this woman do? I think, right? I think this would be longer uh, or shorter if you said what she just didn't do. because. Yeah. And she's, she, meanwhile, has like a freaking famous Hollywood career during all of this. Yeah, like Kim K could never. Yeah, could yeah. Never. Think of this like is- the most famous actress you know today and like then put you know, inventor on top of that as well. Plus like amazing volunteer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm super impressed. with. And I think just then like people were compelled to do something. Like she was saying, she just couldn't sit around like knowing this is like the state of things. And she knew she just had this mind that could be put to use. Um, but yeah. she wasn't recognized for her communications inventions right away since, um, the wide ranging impact wasn't understood until decades later. Um, But in 1977, Hetty and George were honored with the Electronic Frontier Foundation's Pioneer Award. And that same year, um, she became the first female to receive the Bulbi, the Bulbi, (laughs) Bulbi Nass Spirit of Achievement Award, which is considered the Oscars of inventing. Bulbi. Okay. Wow. Yes. Um, and so although she never made any money from any of her inventions, frequency hopping alone is estimated to be worth $30 billion. And it's still used today in Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, and most military communication systems. Yeah. So I, next time you pull out your phone, yeah. thank Hedy Lamar. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm using Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, like, as we speak. Right now, exactly, to record this. 
So Great. you might think it was Steve Jobs. You might think it was Bill Gates. It was Hedy Lamar. Without her, they there would be none of those people in Silicon Valley. Hedy motherfucking Lamar. She ran so these people could walk. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, later on in her career in Hollywood, did kind of start to decline um, in the 1950s. Her last film was 1958's The Female Animal uh, with Jane Powell. Um, and she retired from movies in 1958, but made a cameo in the movie um, Instant Karma, which came out in 1990 when she was much older. Um, she also resurfaced back in the public eye in 1966 and 1991 when she was arrested, but then later cleared on shoplifting charges. Um, so she, she walked so Winona could run? I don't know. <laughs> yes! Yes! I was going to say, so Winona of her. Like, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> when she was cleared of the charges, she was cleared of the charges. Um. But yeah. yeah, that's she did become kind of like a recluse. So for her to just like pop up on these random um, shoplifting charges, you know, was notable. This is notoriously like go mad. Yeah, She's yeah, mad. and she and they don't do well necessarily. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of people with that high IQ just don't do well in society and with other people because they're so much yeah. smarter than them. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they are on an entire different, not even level, yeah. just like. They are, like, just, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, like, not even on the same plane mm-hmm. of existence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she did write an autobiography called Ecstasy and Me. Um, but in 1966, she sued her collaborators for misrepresentation. Um, so, you know, that's also the autobiography that didn't, like, mention any of her inventing career. So... <laughs> God. they're like no leave this out no one wants to hear about this She's yeah like, oh. so that could be why I don't know um and then she also took director Mel Brooks to court for including a character named Headley Lamar in his western spoof Blazing Saddles in 1974 so she didn't find um that characterization of her name um very funny I guess Wow, she was like, I'm a not playing Mel Brooks. I'm not playing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's like, I took down the Nazis. I can take down you. Um, yeah. Pretty much. So she was married six times, and she adopted a son named James in 1939, um, which was during her second marriage to a man named Jean Markey. She went on to have two biological children, Denise, who was born in 1945, and Anthony, born in 1947, with her third husband, uh, actor John Loder. Uh, and John Loder also adopted James. So, oh, that's nice. nice that was her third husband? That was her third husband. Yeah. Okay. So she was married six times. I really couldn't find a lot on her marriages, I which I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, maybe they were just, like, regular dudes that she got married to, but I... I guess I just thought because it was like the golden age of Hollywood, there'd be something more scandalous and she was married six times, but like there really wasn't a lot about them. Yeah. Okay. All right. That could be a good. But um, 
she became a recluse, like I said, later in her life. And she spent most of her time in her home in Castleberry, um, which is a community just north of Orlando, Florida. And she died there on January 19th, 2000, at the old age of 85. So definitely lived a very long life. Wow. Yeah, Florida, though. I know. (laughs) But yeah, so yeah, even... In her later years, she was still, like, inventing things, Um, you know, right up until kind of almost her death. She invented a fluorescent dog collar. Um, She provided modifications for the supersonic Concorde airliner. Um, She created a new kind of um, stoplight. (laughs) Sorry, no, no, I couldn't get that word out. (laughs) Yeah. What? After her death, yeah, I don't know. It didn't go into detail, so I don't know where this new form of stoplight is being used or if it even is being used, but um, after her death, her son Anthony said that she would be pleased with the legacy of her frequency hopping concept. She would love to be remembered as someone who contributed to the well-being of humankind. Yeah. Yeah, I think she really wanted to be remembered as an inventor and for her brains more than her Hollywood career and, um, you know, all of that, like the glamour and the uh, publicity that she got from it, I think, you know, really overshadowed probably what she found, like, you know, her true calling. You know, Liz, it's a blessing and a curse being... I was just going to say, tough problem to have, right? (laughs) And smart. It's just been so hard for me. Right? (laughs) Right, I know. I'm like, oh darn! I'm just so beautiful that no one takes me seriously. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you how I just have so many smarts and so many just gorgeous features. <laughs> wow. I know it's a tough, tough life, but um, an amazing one. Casey you know, so it's so black and white, like you know, how being beautiful, people do just think like, oh, they're just beautiful. That's all they have to be like, they don't need to know anything, whatever. Yeah, I mean, especially back then, you know, um, where women really didn't have many career options anyway. So it's and it's pretty amazing. Like she had a male um, partner in her inventing, um, you know, who supported her. And, you know, she she removed herself from um, you know, kind of like the public public light to work on things that she thought were more important, you know, at the time. So her brains were overshadowed by her beauty, um, you know, so but I mean, her legacy lives on. So every time you get on the Wi-Fi, um, use your Bluetooth, you know, use your GPS to get around, um, you're using frequency hopping. So just, you know, thank Hedy Lamar and George, because they're just amazing people. Yeah, I'm I am like a, so happy you chose to focus on Hedy Lamar this episode because I feel so educated on the topic. I yeah, mean, and like she just kept coming up in these lists of like female geniuses and was just, you know, a, like stood out in for a lot of different reasons, but um yeah, I think it's just she's not what you typically think of when you think of like a nerd. So, um, you know, nerds come in all forms. Yes, that's right. And I will be covering 
nerds next week. So I think I'm going to do a couple. And they may or may not be female as well. So we'll wait and see. Um, (laughs) Yes, I'll definitely say there's more um, male genius information out there that that's just because men have been able to be in those careers for longer. But um, yeah, nice to have a, a little diverse mix up. You know, it was, I thought it was interesting also like Einstein and, and Hetty both used their efforts, you know, for the war were both, you know, fled um, Europe from the Nazis. And, you know, we're, this t- time period in, in the world was just kind of like ripe for invention too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we love to see it. We love to see it. And we love you guys for listening. And um, is that it? Do we wrap yeah. this up? Let us know who oh. your favorite nerd is. Um, like, yeah. did you know about Hedy Lamar? Like, maybe you, we've missed something. Let us know what we missed. Um, let us know your favorite nerd. You know where to find us. And we'll be back next week with more. Yes. Uh, love you, mean it. Bye. Bye. Bye.